Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Welcome, listeners, to the Sunflower Society podcast, where we are helping you maximize your gifts and talents and your day-to-day activities to have an impact in the world. Let's get ready to go. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. I was trying to, oh, we're, we're starting our podcast with some music this morning. Like you're sitting on the beach somewhere in a cabana, like in Ipanema, Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are listening to the song of um, Kara and Mai's Band Lab mix. You can find us there. We like to be occasional DJs, or at least think we are. But we are so glad to be back. I think honestly, we are really getting into a rhythm where this is just you know, we, we do either every two or three weeks or once a month and that's okay. We want to thank you all for being subscribers and listeners. This, I, I don't know if we've said this explicitly, but this podcast actually kind of launched a lot of our recovery journeys together, like healing journeys. And we were like, let's just start. And it was also a way to connect with our inner child because Kara and I used to record ourselves on a big old boombox all throughout the 80s and 90s. So we recently came across those tapes too. So I'm going to be taking some sound bites. Yeah, (laughs) we will try to have some sound bites. What I do remember distinctly from one recording is Kara like screaming the theme song of Little House on the Prairie. Now, scream singing, scream singing, if you know anything about that. You know that there's no words to that theme song. <laughs> so it's na 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 na. Okay, so I want to start though with some gratitude again to our listeners and subscribers, whether you are an occasional listener, we probably should also have a disclaimer, we like to be super snarky, our podcast is our outlet, not only for processing serious things such as deconstruction in your faith journey, or um, approaches to tackling systemic racism, whatever topics might come out of us at that moment, but also know that if you listen to a podcast and you're like, oh yeah, I don't like that or I don't agree, that's okay. Maybe that podcast is not for you, but give some others a listen or try to select some that just fancy your interest. So um, make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. She's talking about ours. Listen to some of ours, not just in general, (laughs) if you don't like some podcasts. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I mean ours. So if there's episodes of ours that you're like, oh, this is the first one I listened to. I don't like it. Or this didn't resonate with me or this triggered me. That if you don't, if you don't really like us, then that's okay too. Yeah. yeah. We're not for everyone. (laughs) Oh, just a disclaimer. There might be some episodes that are snarkier than others. There might be some that are more serious. So whatever you need in that moment, we're just happy that you're here right now today. And so I wanted to start with a summer story because I, Kara and I live in the same geographic region of the United States, um, the Midwest, and we always like to give shout outs, you know, just to 
incredible things that we see or products or people, whatever. But I wanted to give, I wanted to give an opportunity to have you share a funny story um, that happened when I was visiting about a week ago. And so I'll let listeners hear a piece of it because you know the artist of this song. Yeah, I wish I don't have the sticky note anymore. That's your daughter singing, My Prickly Lettuce Stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we live in a very rural um, area and a very remote, um, we're like 50% Amish uh, county in northern Indiana. And we live on a road that has five mailboxes on the end. And I received a sticky note from our post person, our, our mail person. I don't know how you say, say it anymore. Mail postal woman, mail man. Postal worker. Postal worker. It says, please remove your prickly lettuce from the mailbox area. Thank you. <laughs> on our on our mail and I was like oh no does she think of this prickly lettuce is just ours there's five other families that have mailboxes here or as if I wonder if but I have to tell you she must have put it on everybody's mail because it was gone like there's more to the story so somebody else got got the message as well but I was like it wasn't even like yes there's some weed growth around the mailbox yes it doesn't look great but also it's not on our lawn. So we don't often take the quarter mile hike to the mailbox with the weed trimmer. And anywho, um, it wasn't covering any part of any mailbox. So I was a little confused as to the passion that, you know, I'm taking the time to write sticky notes. Yeah. The passion it. behind the post-it. So and it really wasn't that prickly anyhow, even if it. Well, they're weed. Been... They're a type of weed. So I was just yeah. kind of tickled by the fact that she she said prickly lettuce yeah referring to it very specifically as if you guys had intentionally planted seeds to grow prickly lettuce around the mailboxes because Mm -hmm. you're a master gardener is prickly lettuce a thing I guess I don't I mean I'm assuming that she knows that's what it is or she wouldn't have written it on the sticky note that's pretty they were weeds well they were a little bit prickly I didn't touch one again because it wasn't blocking my path to the mailbox so I'm just unsure. Maybe she met prickly leaves and wrote lettuce. You Maybe know? that's, I think there probably is prickly lettuce, but oh. it was just Tell kind me. of interesting. When you live a slow paced life, I guess this is what you get. That's drama, drama, drama. <laughs> so then real housewives of fun. Kara's daughter, Kara's daughter and me proceeded to be really annoying for about a 30 minute car ride singing about prickly lettuce. So that's why I shared the sound bite. We actually recorded it. Um, I guess that's just what you do when you live in the country. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's jump in to the patty parlor. No, it's early. Okay. I know it's early, but pull out that chandelier. We're going to go into the patty parlor. It's real broken. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's about like our... It's about like our feature in this petty parlor. It's real broken. Um, so yeah. 
So it's fitting. It's fitting. So in the petty parlor during this time, we just take a moment. I'll have you know I have these if you're listening. They're like the little hand grippers. Kara inspired me to have them back because it does actually keep my hands busy, but strengthens them as I get as I become more of a geriatric millennial. Um. My hand strength is improving when when I have to walk the dog anyways a lot. And if you can hard, call so that. I don't even need if, those anymore. If you want to call that walking, sure. Yeah, he pulls pulled, me along. Being pulled by your dog. Um, all right, so finally, finally, a Bible just for boys. So this is from, um, it, it, we sub- I subscribe to her YouTube. Her name is Fundy Friday. Her name's Jen, actually. But Fundy Friday, she does have a YouTube channel, has a lot of different great interviews. And really, she unpacks like cults and evangelicalism, basically. Like she just unpacks like, it's not just evangelicalism. She really unpacks all types of cults. Um, and she recently had God is gray on like all these different things. So this is a recent post she had (laughs) within the last 24 hours on Instagram. And it just really made me laugh, um, that Zondervan, Zondervan, right. This, they're like a big producer of Bibles. They're like the number one brand, I think that publishes Bibles. That's interesting. We should investigate Zondervan as a company sometime. Okay. Sidebar. Um, but, but it says, if you're just listening and you're not watching our beautiful faces on our YouTube channel, but you could still go subscribe. Um, but if you're listening, we are looking at an image of, of a Bible and it says new international version. There is something at the top that says Luke 2.52. So I guess. Let me, that, let, let me look that up real quick. That's in our Bibles because. Um, go, you move along and I'll look at the first. With every head bow. <laughs> That's what dirty rotten church kids always say. Um. <laughs> So uh, apparently Luke 2.52 has significance for this particular translation of the Bible. And then the title of it is Boy's Bible, the Ultimate Manual. And then in orange across the bottom, it says, finally, a Bible just for boys. I read it that way because it's got an exclamation point. These are the bullet points on the cover art. Or actually, maybe this is the back cover. And it says, discover gross and gory Bible stuff, find out interesting and humorous Bible facts, apply the Bible to your own life through fun doodles, sketches, and quick responses. And finally, learn how to become more like Jesus mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. Finally, a Bible just for boys, because most of us are not only written by all men already. And also God is portrayed as a man. Um, Also, so does this Bible teach me socialism since they're teaching about Jesus social beliefs? I mean, is that, is that what this Bible is going to teach me? Also, why do I want as a parent, the first powerful bullet point to be learn gross and disgusting things in your Bible. And the second bullet point, humorous facts about the Bible. Because that's and also is this Bible written in a different it says new international version. Is this a different version of the new international or is it the same new international that I grew up reading and it's been branded as a boys thing? A boys what happens, art kit? What happens if what? I don't 
what happens if I'm a girl and I read it? A booger catcher. <laughs> I've got my booger farm located between Psalm 23 and Psalm 24. Where I press my boogers. <laughs> Did you ever open up a hymnal at church and find a booger in the cover? Because I have. Ew. Oh, okay. Tell me what Luke 252 okay. says. Because I'm Luke very 252 says, hold on. Um and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I don't know. Say what we what you will about the boys' Bible. I'm sure to teach me lots about manhood and biblical sense. Gross, gory stuff in the Bible. <laughs> think about i all i can picture because it's so like math it's the adventure bible yeah, for boys adventure bible the yeah. adventure bible it's yeah. just packaged differently with gross gory facts apparently it's so messed up it's so messed up justine it's well the thing about it too is like uh i just i have so much to say about it and i don't know where to begin but it's just reiterating this like well boys only like gross gory things or it's just so right and they like to sketch and doodle also along with instead of writing or journaling because that would be too girly I can tell you're really holding back when you make faces. Uh, I well, I have so the same as you, so much and so little. I just want to leave it on the table, kind of. Yeah, there's nothing. I can't. I just just petty and I'm disgusted. (laughs) Yeah. Finally. (laughs) Finally, it's everything I've been waiting for. (laughs) Well, after 2021 years. It's here. Real <laughs> biblical manhood. Too bad Jesus didn't know about it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well. Okay. Petty parlor. Moving on. Petty. Well, do you want to try? Let's go ahead and go to Go Sage Yourself. Um, because I, I have a feeling it's pretty funny. Again, Kara has chosen. I selected this petty parlor. She's chosen the go sage yourself topic. I have not yet seen it. For new for new viewers, new listeners, whatever, we come from a very fundamentalist, fundamentalist Christian background, and we still love God and have have deep relationship with our creator. However, have broken as far as I I go, I've broken every single tie with religious structure. And I sort of um, feel like there are lots of divinely inspired ways to learn about our creator, including um, meditation and use of holy scriptures from religions outside of um, a Jesus one. So anyway, that's my my background. Um, and Justine's background is somewhat, I mean, similar in, in the way that we grew up. But um, we often throw in some humor at the things that we've deconstructed in our own faith because not because we're sacrilegious and god haters and all of these things but because it's just kind of funny to look at things truthfully and be okay with laughing at the things that we maybe formally subscribe to at some point in our lives i wouldn't yeah um, so i wouldn't there you that's, are that's 
that's a really good it's the lens through which we look at our world in a lot of ways yeah no and that's because right our environments religious school the institutions that are created by humans like those are what reinforce or mold us when we're children um and that especially if you have parents who were very influenced by the church themselves um whether it was healthy or not they just were influenced by the church which i think is very much the era of baby boomers and uh good american values when they were up against counterculture in the 60s and 70s and like all these movements over time the church has um in general, a lot of religious sectors, not just evangelical tradition or fundamentalist traditions in Western Christianity. But I will, I will say for myself, yeah, the institution that is church, I, a long time ago, I think I knew there were gaps and holes, but it was also one of the places where I didn't realize in the moment like it was actually very hard for me to be in churches a lot of times because I am very intuitive and empathic and I would not walk away feeling good. I would actually walk away feeling exhausted and drained by the energy pull of yep. so much hurt and pain and grief because I feel it yep. when I walk in spaces. Yep. It's why I can walk into a school and within 10 seconds know what the climate is really like. So it's like, I'm not saying that to be cocky. I just know certain spiritual gifts that I have. And I, when I look back, like I, even as much as I was like, well, I'm supposed to go to church. It wasn't because I actually felt super convicted to do that as far as strengthening my own relationship. I would have, or had been trained to feel guilty, right? Like, oh, you're being a bad Christian if you don't do this or whatever. So um, I will also say I went to an undergrad school a university of a faith tradition that i did not grow up in but believed in backsliding and was very religious and if you're listening you can probably relate if you went to a christian university for your undergrad or whatever um but i had a great experience as far as my program i went there because they have one of the ro most robust elementary education programs in the state that i lived in and <clears throat> i I look back and I'm like, there were so many things that were so toxic and they were so like, you have to be this way to be accepted, literally like at the school um, to the point too. And I think to your point, Kara, too, why we end up talking about some of these things so much is because inherently they really do perpetuate a lot of issues of division and oppression we have in the United States. Um, but it's also part of our healing process to be open and honest. I know there's many, many other people in my age range and range in particular millennials. There's like a whole pocket of us that were so, so deeply hurt and impacted by the purity culture movement. Um, so I could talk about all this stuff for days, but all that to also say, as far as our studies and our personal world outside of the degrees or certifications Kara and I have, I, I went to a school where you kind of, you by nature have to take almost what is required to have a minor in like theology or Bible studies. So yeah. I was taking courses and legitimately <laughs> studying the Bible. Um, but anyways, I just say all that to say, I think that's a good point to make of our backgrounds and often why these things come up because 
there's a lot of control that happens and a lot of shaming and guilt that happens often in churches. Well, I love, I love, if you're listening and that hasn't been your experience, that's okay. We're not bashing. Okay. But, or people, but, but, but no, actually I just challenged you listeners to uh, examine your own experience, because if you think that you're not experiencing any of this, it's a good point to yourself, first of all. Um, we center Western Christianity above all else, and it has been our driving force for supremacy around the world on a global scale. Yep. And so when we try to go into other places and minister, quote unquote, or colonize other peoples into our way of thinking, it becomes a matter of harm. And so I just want to challenge listeners that if you're in a church body, you're experiencing this to some degree in your congregation. Agreed. That's a good point western centric christian being we are the smallest in the west like this way of thinking is actually the smallest like (laughs) globally speaking we have the smallest percentage of the pot in our belief system as far as christianity and western christianity looks much different than eastern christianity looks much different than far east like there are lots of different nuances there's orthodoxy, there's all kinds, there's the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which is like the original Holy Grail, literally, of the, the Christian empire. The original scripts and manuscripts and scrolls, that's where So they- there's all these things, so, so when we talk about this stuff, we want to laugh, we want to not cry, because we also don't want to bring harm um, to the church itself, but it is important unless you're very beholden to every single thing that you're believing or hearing on a Sunday morning, that's also a problem. You're probably in a cult. No, 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 no harm, no shade, no foul, whatever. You're probably in, in some sort of cult thinking or cult of idea. Um, But if you're able to honestly and openly and transparently look at some of the things we're sharing and be like, yeah, actually, this is messed up. This is like, this is not who we want to be. Um, I, I, think, I think you're saying something invaluable, which is, again, we're just sharing transparently where we find ourselves in this moment. <laughs> and that becomes on you to go do your own investigating and actually asking questions, um, actually reading, actually educating yourself. Like it goes back on your shoulders of how you want to perceive and live in the world. Because I can also tell you, and I think, I don't know if I shared this video with you, Kara. I know I shared it with Thaddeus, but um, because we've seriously considered owning property and living abroad at some point in other countries, even with little things, America has done a bang up job of really marketing and selling not an accurate story lies because even to this day one of the examples from this video i was watching on international living this woman she's lived in like 20 countries in the past 20 years was born and raised in the states so she's about my age and she said her culture shock coming back was when she really looked side by side cost of living cost of utilities uh, freshness of food, access to healthcare without having to jump through hoops, and even simple things like this, where we think we're told we're the best at everything, right? If you're in this bubble of the United States, I believe only like 10% of Americans actually have passports. Okay. It's a big, big world. It is not America. Okay. America rates 144th out of 200 some countries worldwide for internet and cell phone connectivity reliability. 
So you want to know why all your calls get dropped or it says you have 5G and it's still not a strong signal and you have to fall off of Zoom calls or Google Hangouts? That's why. We are not the best of the best at a lot of you things. Want to also and why know do we need why, to say that? Why? why do we need to say we're number one? Why? Why is that even a you thing? Know, also, our mortality rates for both infants, small children, and like the lifespan of adult is abhorrent for the level of medical um, and healthcare innovation that we say we have in the That country. we say we are, That we say we have, the numbers would not uh, associate with that information if you actually look at what's going on. All that to say, I love the freedom that we have here, um, but you also realize the oppression that we have here to go along with that freedom. So um what is the saying two dozen of one half dozen of the other i don't really know what what is that Never saying heard that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like give or take like we're not we're in some ways have more advantages and in some ways we are living in a very oppressed overall mindset i see yep country. yep yeah yep it's all the same is what i'm trying to say yeah okay, okay. go save yourself all right. Well, let me get let me get the music queued up, and then go sage yourself again. We just have a moment to say, are we gonna pass our sage to this person or this event that's going on or this group of people, um, so to speak? Are we going to pass our sage? Excuse me. Or are we going to say, we encourage you to get your own sage? Um, yeah. So here we find ourselves. I'm going to pull this up. I will wait to light the sage till after I pull up the video because I have not seen this. And I'm quite curious. Just don't forget, finally, there's a Bible just for boys. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this is called The Prophet with a Season Pass to Heaven, part two. This just recently aired on the Holy Kool-Aid channel on YouTube. So shout out to um, Holy Kool-Aid, uh, the YouTube channel. Okay, Kara, this is, again, I'm reacting to this as well because I have not seen it yet. Genetically Modified Skeptic, you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook at GM Skeptic. Let me tell you, you've never had any pizza like they have in heaven. Oh, pizza. cat curd. Uh, She's back. That's not as good as New York pizza. You that, uh, that Hudson River water. And let me tell you, the pizzas are the size of the table. I can see Cat Kerr like watching Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And there's just like giant pizzas falling from the sky. And she's like, oh, I just had a vision of heaven. The cultural influence of Italians is just so great. <laughs> so great that it has reached heaven. God himself <laughs> is trying to emulate the culture. And you and all your friends sit around them and they actually turn oh. the table oh. to get their slice of pizza. Oh, lazy Susan. I've been to a bakery in heaven where the salmon rolls are the size of a dinner plate. Oh, cat! A masala, right? You're not. You're not. He likes her carbs. No. Yeah, he said no chicken masala in heaven for cat. Like, like if, it, if this isn't like southern white person food, then <laughs> she, you know she didn't see that in heaven. Like, oh no, no, you you can't get masaman curry in in heaven. That, that <laughs> you can't get pulao or biryani. Like that's no. Like why, why would you have that in heaven? No. It's cinnamon rolls and pizza, <laughs> an Americanized pizza, I'm sure. 
should we keep watching? What What am I missing? Yes, keep going. Oh, keep going. Pass. She has a season pass to heaven. So, you know, Kat yeah. Kerr, if you, uh, just as a reminder, um, if you go back to, we should see what episode it was. Um, I have no clue. At this I, I want to tell you all what it was. Well, we'll look it up after this. Okay. But there is another one where we um, were contemplating if we'd pass our sage to Kat Kerr, correct? Yeah, it was Kat Kerr in particular. Romans yeah. Back. Easy aromas. Mm -hmm. And if you ever try to walk by one of those bakeries in heaven and think you're going to escape not going inside, you are wrong. <laughs> that aroma will actually come and capture you and carry you inside the bakeries. Oh, what? <laughs> like in a cartoon, you float over to it like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> sniffing a good pie wow i mean her brain sounds like a fun place to live this is literally a oh, vision she supposedly had of what heaven is like i'm just heaven well like, we'll get we'll get on okay you're in heaven you don't even why would you need to eat let's talk about heaven where do i live oh god everyone gets their own mansion so now she's doing it in a church this isn't just her fantasy sitting in front of a camera talking to her two subscribers she's wow. continuing this fantasy and an entire congregation is turning up to see her everyone gets their own mansion you don't have to share it with your brother or sister no sharing in heaven that's weird she just say she hopes to have her own one day her that's really weird maybe there's some sibling rivalry rivalry issues deep in cat Kerr's past or present what if her and, and Kenneth, what if it came out, what if it came out that her and Kenneth Copeland are brother, sister? <laughs> or lovers. Ew. Oh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just can't picture it. As many shows as she goes on, you'd think that she would be like one of those super wealthy televangelists by now. Right. She's doing it wrong. They showed me many different types of mansions because we're all different. Right. Oh. We're all unique. Oh. Again, good place. This is right. just the good place. Right. Oh, poor lady. Do you think she watched the good place and was like, I'm in a, I have been transported into heaven and this oh. is a personal vision to me. And we all like different things. And God really does prepare the most amazing personalized mansion for you i have seen some fantastic mansions that are built along the crystal sea if you're an artist you get your mansion you get a studio fully furnished and then he gives you a gallery cool oh cool the way to people okay have you have you yeah, seen that can be okay okay <laughs> yeah that's enough let me you get also, the idea yeah so i want to hear your first thoughts and actually let me go here real quick let me go back over here i'm gonna look for the other episode just to redirect people but also here's our channel you can join our 19 subscribers now <laughs> by just hitting please subscribe do. please do or share if you find value yeah, and you can even turn on that bell and then you can know when yeah. we upload an episode yes so what i'm trying frequently as it is what I'm trying to do is find, because I know we put her on the cover. There it is. It's called Pro-Life, False Prophets, and Jojo Bows. So Kat Kerr has actually been part of Go Sage Yourself before. This is not her first time. And I wonder, should we go back? Did we both pass our sage to her? 
I don't remember. I don't think we need to revisit it. Okay. <laughs> I think people can go watch it because it okay. is a really good episode anyway. It was really, really good. It's one of our most viewed, but I will also say I'm not basing what I did to her before. I'm pretty sure I did not pass my stage to her. Um, but I'm not basing that on this round of go seed yourself anyways. I'm basing it on her most recent um, engagement clearly in this video where she was telling an entire congregation that you will have personal mansions in heaven and she's been there and seen it and the views of the crystal sea. What is that? Is that in the Bible? Here's I've the never sticky, heard the crystal here's, sea. Here's the <laughs> sticky thing because I think a lot of people believe and have been taught by the church to believe that prophecy and the gift of prophecy, they don't hold it to the same standard as what they call the word of God, which is which are the collection of the books of the Bible um, in that viewpoint. Um, so they, they don't quite put prophecy like this on par with like biblical word. However, as you can see, people of this nature, and uh, I've, I've been in churches growing up, I dated somebody who attended a very charismatic church and they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, meaning if you don't speak in tongues and you don't prophesy that you, there's no way that you're connected enough to God to go to heaven or get into heaven. Um, so what else would you have people do than like blabbering all around you <laughs> and also saying that they can see basically into the future. So prophecy and the gift of prophecy is not about seeing into the future. It's about being able to see clearly from a very high level, the current, yeah, the present. And, and name and the to truth of use what's a wisdom. Happened. Yes, name it, speak truth to it and, and put wisdom behind it, right? So that is the gift of prophecy. So when you see these clowns, I'm going to call her clown because I'm sorry, but Kat, you should be in an artist studio somewhere making art because you seem like a very creative mind and you have fantastic stories jumbling up in there. You need to probably get them into some sort of children's book ASAP. Um, exactly that is my thinking. word for you. You could write but your own adventure like series. When you're, when you are putting that as out in the ethos and you're putting it in a church service to where people are coming to get insight, wisdom, and steps on how to, in their daily lives, mm -hmm. how, to, how do I be the best Christian that I can possibly be? How do I live this holy life? How do I actually start receiving visions like Kat Kerr? Because I know that she's a holy person. How come I'm not seeing that in my own life? What am I not doing? What sin have I got that's blocking all this vision of abundance and blah, blah, blah. It becomes a very toxic like way to level people um, and put a hierarchy around religion and who, who is the in and who are the outs. Because you start then so, you start keeping tabs on who is, who is divine and who's not and who's gifted and newsflash we all have spiritual gifts and we're all creatives because we're made in the image of the creator. It, if you choose not to use those gifts, that's on you, not your inability to tap into the creator because we all have access all day, every day. That's just, it's a, it's a reinforcement of toxic supremacy thinking of, yeah, but if I can make myself feel above or make make people feel like I have access to information they don't, it's a classic tactic of oppression. 
and, and hierarchy. Also, why is your version of heaven that you have your own individual mansion that you don't have to share with anybody? And you have a like, I'm thinking of heaven. I'm giving my Miss America answer. World peace. I, I want heaven to be somewhere where everybody has clothed food and shelter and is happy and their body is intact and nobody is hurting or in pain. Yep. Like, yeah, no, Kat Kerr says, I get my own mansion and it has its own little uh, artist alcove and I don't have to share with anyone. Like what? Well, you see what her motivation is. It, it shows very clear. What do you think about people down here on earth? <laughs> right. Well, and also why, why, why are you telling people you have seen it? You have seen it and you have right. seen pizza as big as a table that's on a lazy Susan and the plate that has a giant ass cinnamon roll. I don't, I don't understand where that comes from other than and they actually pull you into their bakery. Maybe you're on something and you just have the munchies. I don't know. But like, where did that vision come from? Because what translation of the Bible talks about pizza and cinnamon rolls? I, I mean, yeah. did I miss something in Sunday school? Tough to know. Did I miss it's something tough in to Sunday know, school? But you know what? We would be major uh, what do you call it? Apostates for calling her out right now because she's a woman of God. She's a revelator. That's what her title said. In the oh past. yeah. That is what she called herself. The revelator. The revelator. You know, so I've got the same. If anybody, no, I'm not passing it. So sorry. She I'm not can grab her own. She I'm needs to have an abundance I'm of not because visions I think so she can figure out where her stage is. Yeah, I, I will not pass my faith to her either. I just, I think that there's too many people similar to her and not just in evangelical space, in spiritual circles, whatever. They're just trying to hijack people's fears or people's deepest wants, or apparently what she thinks people's deepest wants are is a pizza and cinnamon roll. Um, like you're trying to capitalize on, on base, like things that sound attractive to people but you don't you're not actually teaching them ways of healing their life and that is the issue that I know for Kara and I it is a source of triggering because you're just wanting to actually take people's money or control people or make them feel shamed or in a position that is powerless but you're not willing to actually teach people how to do better and how to model that because you yourself don't know like you're literally making a statement that sounds like something a five-year-old hurt child who got their toy taken away and had to share with a sibling and you're still salty about it like that maybe is you what, didn't get all the pizza and cinnamon rolls you right like it's your own I'm what you sure. yeah what you wish you would have what she wants to say is so I can eat that shit every day and not get fat is that what she wants to say I don't know. I, I, is there any part of you? I mean, we already made our decision. Is there any part of you that legitimately thinks she is just a person who's done a lot of drugs? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Like, I mean, those are things that somebody who's like on mushrooms or LSD would say. I think that it wouldn't surprise me but I also wouldn't have, I would, I would rather she be like, I'm the revelator. I get my revelations by taking <laughs> shrooms. 
Yeah. It Which does I, don't, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that in judgment. I'm saying, is there any part of you at all that just thinks that she like has a drug? No, problem? there's a part of me that thinks that she has mental illness going on. That's not being addressed okay. um, because of the circles that she chooses to run in. She is seen as like, she's getting divine visions, but maybe she's a very, um, person also so those visions aren't actually clear she might be but she's being treated as well right she might be actually delusional and what the psych world would call like actual delusions right 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 right. but the christian ethos would just say yeah that must be of god because my my brain isn't big enough to think of that or whatever i don't know Ah, pretty scary though. Pretty scary when you start to see the patterns of Real what scary. people will people will tell an entire audience of captive people who they want nothing more but to have healing in their lives. And these are the people who are then sharing this. The problem is that this is an extreme example. We realize that, but also you have remnants of this in your own churches. And like Right. Look at the right. situation has right. like there are remnants of this and, and echoes of this in every single congregation in the United States Agreed. in some form or another. There's a person that's been defined as the person, the spiritual warrior, the, um, the person that holds the truth in that certain congregation or body who's looked to with respect and almost worshiped in certain ways. Um, like it's not an open dialogue if that person gets up in front of the church one day and decides they received a word from god which often is how it's presented then they're allowed to say whatever they want because god said it they didn't say it they're just the messenger you guys y'all know i'm the messenger right so if you you knew that and you accept that and you have to accept it unconditionally to attend at this body like people can say whatever the hell they want which is why then people broadly and inaccurately, in my opinion, say that the Bible is the word of God. Um, it's a whole other. God debate. did not create a, an idol. Like God did not create an idol for you there. Okay. So like, because if it's you're a cop worshiping out then, the word. It, yeah. It's a cop out then because a pastor or a person like this, who says they're a revelator, whatever they call themselves they, they will then twist it and say, well, I'm just, I'm just sharing what the word of God told me, but because their congregation has already idolized them, they've become an idol. They put them on a pedestal and that is on the pastor. If that happens, Uh, sorry, it is partly of a a majority of that is how a pastor conducts themselves, how they connect with people. Yeah, Because in our ancient, our ancient tradition, Jesus was Jewish and the Jewish tradition is rabbis and commoners gather in the temple and they have dialogue and they talk openly about things and they fight back and forth and they say, no, 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 it actually says this. And the other guy says, no, 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 it actually says this. It's dialogue. It's not about one guy standing in the front telling everybody this and, and saying it. this is what the word of God told me and so when you frame things that way or somebody is using that language to say well this is what the word of God says no 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 this is their interpretation and their projection of how they decided to read a particular passage in the Bible which by the way most of that was translated or written by flawed men 
And it'd be no different than Kara and I, or any of you just saying, I wrote this entire interpretation of what God spoke to me about in a dream that, that, that is, or writing about a, a travel experience I have where I'm serving at a soup kitchen. Like that's what they were writing about were their, their trials and tribulations and how they were trying to show Jesus ancient stories that were passed down by word of mouth over thousands of years up until that point. So you, you actually have to do the digging, look a little deeper. Your Bible didn't just land on a platter for you. No, no, no. Uh, King James compiled that Bible and do a little research on King James and see who, what kind of man he was. And if you would have want him, wanted his advice on any holy compilation of anything, probably not. Yeah, so that, I, I think that's um, and, a, and also look at the Bible itself has been weaponized. Right. Yeah. So for purposes of uh, perpetuating lots of different things. So that's a no go. Sorry, Kat. Once again, you do not get our sage. I um I wanted to shift us a little bit. I I had I I've been telling Kara I've apparently since Mercury retrograde it ended. I've just been having surges of creativity or just snarkiness maybe. Um, So I had an idea for a segment that I'd like to introduce actually too, but I need to play the sound bite first. Okay, that's, oh, oh, Theo, I didn't mean to hit that one. Praise God, baby. Praise God, baby. Um, But I played, you know, Dirty Little Secret. If you're a millennial, you might remember a little band called the All-American Rejects. Um, I'm pretty sure they weren't rejected by America, but okay. Now that I think of that name, I just couldn't, I could only think of that little hook for this segment. I'll keep you my dirty little secret. And so the segment that I had in mind, I don't know if you've been thinking of yours, Kara, or if you even remember the premise, because I do have one to share, is a segment called Dirty Little Self-Help Secrets. So my thought with this is to start to really put ourselves out there vulnerably, right? Because one of the things I see happening, I saw Jenna Kutcher, shout out to Jenna Kutcher. She's like the Pinterest queen, one of the OG like influencers for lack of a better word, but legitimately she was a photographer and had a photography business, like an OG entrepreneur that Karen and I have followed for years. Right. So anyways, she recently posted how Pinterest is actually Like they are not allowing ads anymore for things that I forget the language, but basically any like weight loss, waist trainers, like all these things that have unfounded claims and they're essentially scams, but they want to make sure that their platform doesn't contribute to like antibody positivity basically. So it's pretty cool, right? So you can Mm -hmm. look up Jenna Kutcher on um, Instagram, but it got me thinking because she just talks and says, her herself even she has tried so many different things over the years and I think for women in particular which I think 90 95% of our listeners are women we have some listeners in other countries hey we'd love to have more so keep sharing this um but main main audience space for us is going to be women between 25 and 50 in the United States that's our main listener audience so hello to you all and if you're not in that hello to you too but 
one of the things for women in particular is that we are constantly bombarded with all of these offers for making your skin clearer, uh, like basically all of the presentations of ads or sponsored ads we see on most social media are something to point out something that you should be discontent with about yourself. And so when I started thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to do a segment called Dirty Little Self-Help Secrets. Because one thing for Kara and I, like, and why I say this podcast has been healing is because this is our way of processing things. This is our time to show up. But then we have spoken, we'll drop the link in here again. We've spoken about a wait list we have right now for our new course that's going to be coming out. It's actually different learning pathways and experiences, but it's called Identity Healing, The Art of Knowing You. And so we're very, very vulnerable and transparent in there and share a lot of personal stories. However, we know that a lot of, for our free, right? Our free content, like our podcast, our YouTube channel, et cetera. Those are areas where we want to keep it a little lighter. We know that you all like to listen to funny um, and not always have it be heavy, heavy, you know, um, conversation. So I thought this would just be a cool way to break the ice and have a laugh about all the different things we try over the years. And, you know, I just thought, you know, dirty little self-help secrets. And I wanted to know if you have a dirty little self-help secret you'd like to share. It could go all the way back to teenage years even, who knows, but I'm sure we all have tried anything and everything for whatever particular Mm -hmm. woes um, we struggle with in our own. Well, I'm gonna, I know there are a lot of beach body people um, uh, me? coaches. Yeah. You're still it. You're still in it. And I'm, win it. I'm still technically a coach. Yeah. Well, definitely still well, a subscriber to the, I think uh, that the on demand is great. I think it's very accessible for people in a way to offer a lot of things you can do in your home. I think that is beautiful, but one program that they had and Okay. And I also have to say, I felt for a minute, I was surrounded by beach body coaches. Like this had been like five years ago between the last five and 10 years, suddenly beach body coaches were everybody I knew yep, yep. and I really couldn't escape it. Um, so I ended up buying into a couple of the things, like the first thing I ever invested in self-help wise or self-care wise was that little um, program that you do the little colorful containers of food yep. and you autumn calories, 21 day fix. Yes. So, but then I sort of like stared at that container thing and I'm <laughs> like, wait, I could have just bought a pack of tup- like I have Tupperware of all these sizes. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, what did I just spend all that? Like $150. I think it was like $150 yep. or something. Yep. For a book to tell you how many containers you should be eating for your targeted body weight. And to be honest with you, I would just cram as much shit as I possibly could, like to the point where it would almost ruin the food because I would just try to cram as much in there because you could do that. It was within the guidelines or whatever. But honestly, I, looking back, I'm like, I was why did I, like, I know how to eat healthy. I know how many servings my body needs. For some people, I think that would be a helpful visual, at least for a time or two to train yourself. Um, 
but I saw ultimately like I just bought $150 worth of small Tupperware. That really yeah. No, I'm, I'm still a fan. I no longer do like their shakes or drinks because as I looked into it more too, there's just like a lot of unnatural products, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that as a person who is still a coach, because I do love beach body on demand. I need to use it more often, honestly, because there are a lot of great workout programs, but I found the same thing, at least for me, because often like when I got really in shape and was doing their shakes and stuff every day too, it was when I had just resigned from my job and I dropped weight and I got in fantastic shape. Kara remembers I would do the workouts at her house sometimes when I'd be visiting. And I enjoy that to an extent. The problem is then that because I still had a lot of internal healing to do, that wasn't going to stick because instead of spending time like I do now focused on learning about myself and doing the internal work, it was still just and knowing what feels good in your body. Correct. To do. Yeah. So I hadn't healed a lot of like body dissociation stuff. And so because of that yeah. and not being as in touch with my body, yes, I love the results and the way my body looked, but then that was what it was about above anything else. And so that wasn't going to be like, I could <clears throat> devote two hours a day to working out and doing all the meal prep and everything because I had not a lot going on because I couldn't find a job. So well, it's not like, reasonable for a person that has other things going on. Like it has to be a sustainable way of living. Right. And when you have like these coaches that are well-intended and all of that, they, they are, but many of them also in many ways, yeah. like, and to a degree where I've had people reach out to me on, I know you've had the same thing happen. Yeah. Like, are you interested in getting, getting, uh, on track with your fitness? No, bitch. Like I'm good. Yeah, I, why, why are you, why are you, why are you reaching out? Assuming that I'm right. not well in my fitness level, I look pretty good right. and I feel good. And like, you have no business coming in my inbox, offering me something you think by looking at my profile that I might need, or you didn't even bother to see like what I even am about. Oh, Correct. Sorry, I get heated because I've had more than one person. And then you say no, and it's like, or you just ignore it. Um, hello, like <laughs> I could see well, you have a message run, or whatever. It's like, I don't owe you an explanation. You, you uh, when I look at it now, you run and Kara and I have always done different multi-level marketing things. It's not that we were in Mary Kay together. You still have a multi-level marketing with your makeup um, like Saint. I do. I have, I have mixed feelings. Those vultures exist in no matter, like you do have to find your sweet spot, how you want to interact with that product or that program or whatever. Um, I I don't think it's all bad. I think it's when you have the people who they're actually just looking at the bottom line and trying to make money. They're, they're the ones who then are usually operating that way because they're not healed people. They're people who are treating it like a business, which is not bad. But when you are doing fear-based business, which a lot of business uses that tactic, you're just making people feel bad about themselves so you can make some money. Like that's what you're doing. And I will say like being on the inside of that, they train you in a lot of ways or these coaches try to teach you about it. And I tried some of those tactics. Forgive me if you're listening and I ever message you or tried a tactic, but like even my approach then, I didn't feel comfortable using some of that stuff that they would be like, oh, just script this message. No, I would script my own message and say, hey, this is a really- Are you excited? 
Yes, I know. No, or it would be like they caught they would comment, right? Because you know, I would share my journey on Facebook at that time and they would comment. So I would follow up and say, Hey, I noticed your comment. If you're ever interested in the products I've been using, let me know. So, like that's the thing. And and I had other people who got good results who did some things with me, but I just didn't stay with it either because I was searching for more than having that as my entrepreneurship place. So, um, I would say for me, what I wanted to share was at one point I saw one of those courses or ads pop up for like, it was a guy and it was, he was like a relationship relationship coach that helps you understand men better. And so I, I hate to admit it, but I did buy his like, um, whatever the offer was for the lame online course, that's just like evergreen and they're not really teaching it. I, I definitely bought one of those at some point. Wait, what, what are you saying? I couldn't hear you. I can't hear you. How to be the perfect woman for your man from my man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. So I, it's really hard for me to admit that, but I bought into one of those years ago and, um, not that it was a huge investment. It was just, you know, I think that's why I call it dirty little self-help secrets because we all have these things we've tried and we don't, and we, and we would be embarrassed. We would be embarrassed to admit it. It's no different than going to Walmart and buying something on the end rack that looks really cool. And oh my gosh, I can't believe this is such a good deal. And then it breaks in the car on the way home. Of course. That's how they get you. These are fear-based industries. Excuse me. They capitalize on your hurt or your pain point. I mean, just be alert people be alert for those, uh, dirty little self-help secrets. Okay. So final, final segment I want to try out and I would be, Oh, I never met to get back to listeners. First of all, when we were thanking people at the beginning, what I meant to say is, Thank you for the feedback. We do have one of our subscribers. She texted me personally and, um, which you all can do. If you don't have our phone number, you can DM us or always on the podcast. If you're listening on any platform, there's a link where you can send us a voice memo. So you can ask us questions or tell us a topic you want, or maybe about your own dirty little self-help secret. Or if you have something for this next segment, which you might, um, that's a way that you can do that very easily. It's just drop us a voice memo. Um, and you don't have to leave your name or anything. We can just play it on the air or we can say your question. So you don't have to leave a name or anything. Um, but one of our subscribers and regular listeners, she's like, thank you so much for your podcast. I listened on the way home from work. You and your sister remind me of me and my sister. It's so sweet. What would we do without our sisters? So thank you. Thank you. You know who you are. Also, then she added, we finally, well, Andrew Santino, you didn't respond to us. So (laughs) we finally figured out and she's a ginger. I forgot that she's a natural ginger because she's often had her hair dyed sometimes when I see her, but she is actually a ginger. And she said, PS, my perspective is non-gingers can, can, can absolutely call us gingers. There's no offense. I've come to my own gingerness. I'm only one opinion, but I'd love (laughs) to know more opinions on this. (laughs) Aww. So that's for one of our subscribers. So thank you so much. And um, if you have other questions or you just want to respond to something we talked about, put it in the comments on YouTube or do the voice memo on 
Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever podcast platform. Okay, so last segment. I think that life is a lot like um, just a big adventure. And I'm constantly asking questions. So I thought that the perfect soundbite to lead into this segment would be a song Kara's familiar with. Oh, <laughs> I'm so triggered right now. My husband told me the other day he hates the word triggered. I really? said, I kind of do too. He's there's no really, He's there's no better way. There's no better way to explain the thing that happened so so we do we do have uh one of our relatives actually played bass for many years and toured with Stephen Curtis Chapman so if you didn't know now you know I actually have always loved Stephen Curtis Chapman I think when I go back and listen to his music now I actually think he's very much like aligned with like the study we're doing with the artist way. And like, I don't think he's like a super evangelical. I don't think he's ever been. No, I think he's the really a creative. I, you know why I'm triggered by it. <laughs> yes. But okay. So anyways, that's an old song from the nineties in uh, Christian circle, saddle up your horses, Stephen Chris Chapman. We love you. Um, but I thought it would be uh, just a fun way to trigger Kara. <laughs> but also life really is a big great adventure and that's what that song is all about if you've never heard it um so this final segment with that end meaning we're here for a while you know if we're lucky we get to be in our human bodies for a while and we're all going to have these questions about life and i know for me i probably wonder and ask questions more than the average person because i'm just a nerd and i'm curious and it's part of my nature but this name of the segment, tell me what you think of it, Kara. The questions no one will ask, but someone will more than likely probably wonder about the answer to sometime before they die. That's the name of the segment. I mean, it's really long. I love oh. it, but I also don't love it. So there you go. Weigh in. Tell us what to call this segment. About we'll keep it. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. Please put your suggestions. Yeah. It's not set in stone. I mean, clearly just new to me so I yeah. just thought of I, really, I, I say keep it for now I just thought of a really it's way weird, too long I know I thought of a weird random question and I'm like that is what describes that type of question so if well, you what is it another way to say it then my question was how much saran wrap is a normal amount to use annually oh I say a roll or less I think for a year I, I have a family of five and I don't use saran wrap like religiously. I try I to use glass. I was using it for something and I wondered the question and I thought. How many do you go through? Not many at all. Maybe one. I'm one person and I don't really Have use you saran wrap that much. I, I just bought my second roll not that long ago. I started using it more because I always find it really tricky and I just get frustrated and just put it back in the drawer and use foil instead. Or just, a, yeah, I, I try to use a lot of like lidded containers that are yeah, reusable. Yeah, because then it's also fresher. Or, or Ziplocs. I just, saran wrap infuriates me. And especially if you don't get a brand that sticks to itself or you have to stretch it a certain way for it to be sticky, it's very frustrating. I find it a frustrating tool as well. 
Um, but that was the thought. It I is had. cool, kind of. It's really cool, but I just I was just <laughs> wondering it when I used it because I'm like, yeah, I haven't used Saran Wrap in months. I wonder how much people usually go through. I have a question that everybody like. This is something that um, comes to mind because I just found out that my husband doesn't like reach down and wash his feet. He uses his other foot to wash his feet. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because okay. he's really tall, and he can, he says he can get it, and I have watched him do it. I like. And he, he like puts soap on and then it, and then he uses his other foot to like scrub in between. And then obviously the bottom is on the bottom of the shower, I guess, where he like lifts the one foot up and kind of goes like this. It doesn't seem great, but I mean, he doesn't have foot fungus to my knowledge and his nails are like as nice as nails, toenails can be. So what's your, I mean, what's the question that you, that the question you, is, do you think more people, like there's a lot of people like that don't wash their legs or feet because it's not necessary because the water and soap just runs down. Do you I mean, wash your legs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but there, I think there's some people that probably don't. No, Let us know in I the comments. Maybe probably... you're. Yeah, let us know, like weigh in on this, because that is, I mean, again, that is a question that a lot of people won't ask, but they'll probably more than likely wonder the answer to sometime before they die. <laughs> yeah. Or washcloth versus a loofah. Do you use a washcloth or a loofah or do you use both or do you use neither? Do you just it use depends. your hand? It depends. It depends on the situation. It depends on where I'm at because I travel quite often or I'm back and forth between my apartment and Thaddeus's apartment. Although. Oh, so you want to take your loofah? No, he, he and I's wash practices are similar. So we both have the same tools for one another and ourselves. Oh, okay. For any, okay. like, yeah. Um, so that's good because that could be a major misalignment. Do you share wash tools? Do you share no. wash tools? No, 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 no. So I do. If I'm, if I'm there, I do. I'm willing to share a wash tool. You, I've shared a toothbrush with my husband before. We've never, <laughs> we've never shared toothbrushes. So that's interesting though. That's interesting. I want to hear from other partnerships. Like if you're in a partnership and you're at a level where you are spending time at each other's places, or you do live in the same place, whatever. Either way, we want to hear from you. So like comment. The Bible says that you'll join together and the two become one. So I just thought that was a translation that I needed to well, validate in all areas. I interpret that as like I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but I find that curious that you all are willing to do that. But yet you've admitted on previous podcast episodes. I will not let the bathroom door open. You nope. never go to the bathroom with the door open. You've never seen each other going to the bathroom. Nope. And you've been married. You've been together almost 20 years. Yeah. You were together a long it time. Keeps it it keeps it magical. Yeah. See, and I, I would disagree for us. I don't want to see him shit. That's fine. That's a personal preference. I don't want anybody using my toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> but 
we I don't want to see it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to see the facial expression that comes along with it. Like I just don't want to be. I don't want to witness it. And I'm sure is, but she you feels can, the same. Okay, but okay. Sorry. Let's name it what it is. It's a privilege that you have more than one space or one bathroom to use. If you're both like, I'm only gonna say it this way, okay? Because for us, sometimes. It is not an option for one of us to wait to get ready because both of our homes only have one bathroom. And so there's a bathroom emergency and I have to get ready to go to meetings or something and vice versa. Like you don't get to just go, oh, well. Oh man, yeah, it's so manageable. Because I can always do this other stuff in a different area. You know, he can't go to the bathroom or I can't go to the bathroom in this area, but everything else is portable to a different area of the of the home, the kitchen thing, uh, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not I a still matter of privilege. I still, don't of... Quite, I still don't quite understand how you're so willing to share a toothbrush, but just it's the sight of- like, here, that. I need to use your toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> or like, here, use my toothbrush. Let me watch you use so it. Then- so then something would have, weird. Would you have a problem sharing the same washcloth with him? No. Really? No. I don't know, man. That's a whole other level. They use people use a washcloth to wash their crack. I know. And then what if you use it like all over? I don't use body? a washcloth on my face <laughs> or my body. Well, parts of my body. I have, I, I like to use not even a loofah. I have like, it's like a mitt you put on your hand, but it, yeah, that's good. To exfoliate. Yeah, yeah. I use that in my shower. Sometimes I take baths a lot. Um, I'm not even sure. How I, use, I prefer I bar have, soap. But... I prefer bar soap. Uh, I have both. I use honey girl skincare bars, but I also have, uh, I usually always have like an organic body wash too, just in case I no, I need like I like a strong, a strong coast or Irish spring in the summer months when you're a little sweatier. And then I like dove in the winter colder months. Because it moisturizes. You do skin. like but I don't Irish really spring. like body wash. <laughs> I do. I like coast the which best. Which is so That's weird. Which is so weird because I favorite. feel like you're very um you're very Victorian in a way and you like perfumes and like and, I should always smell like lavender yeah that are like gardenia lavender very floral notes but no, I love soaps you're like Irish spring I like to smell it's, a little bit like a man it's I love that fresh sharp smell of being yeah. clean and just only having that soap smell for part of the day does Irish spring that. make one just for men I feel no, like they do, uh, or they maybe. have one that Dove does. extra manly because I'm pretty sure I used that one time at Thaddeus. Yeah. The cool Arctic. Glass. And I don't, I don't like and it. I don't think that he, I didn't like it, but it was too late. I had already taken a shower and it was, it was what was in there. And then I realized when I got out and I don't think he liked it because, you know, it felt like he's sitting next to somebody who smells like him. Like he's sitting next to himself. Yeah. yeah. And the point is, you know, pheromones and everything. Like you're dry. I use my husband's cologne sometimes. Sometimes what? I just like to smell manlier. A musk? I like, no, I like unisex colognes. 
I prefer. That's why I'm kind of surprised that he's not more into, like you told me when I walked into your house last time, cause I had on Chanel, Mademoiselle, which has a very spicy patchouli scent to it. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, which smells like our grandpa. And well, those always smell good on me. Yeah. And it does smell good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed to wear that in my house. I know. It's but- so ab- like my husband has such an aversion to patchouli. I bought some that was supposed to be a soft version of just like a fragrance oil one time. And he was like, ugh, ugh, you smell like hippies or something like that. That's what he said. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Wait. Well, it takes one to know one. <laughs> like, I thought you would like this vibe. You used to like the I'm saying some, if he wears, like, wears musky cologne, that's what I'm not understanding why he wouldn't like. He that. doesn't. He wears like like a a fresh, like citrusy, sharp, okay. that kind of smell. He's not a big musky. Okay. I'm not a big musk person either, typically. I like vanilla. That's just musky. Well, I feel like there's things that smell really good on you and they don't smell good on me and vice versa. Like Kara has not I really love citrus. Yeah. Like, have you been able to wear that green tea one I gave you? It's a bit much. I just, it, it was disappointing. It wasn't what the description, it to me did not live up to what the description. I like it. I have, okay. I also wear a day perfume and a night perfume. I have a roller ball for the evenings that I put on right before bed because I like the way I smell. I want to smell good when I crawl into bed. But I also share my toothbrush. <laughs> That's what I mean. I usually, Some of these I don't use a, don't align. <laughs> I don't use a perfume perfume during the day because it can be too strong. I use like a body spray. My favorite is Love oh. Spell by Victoria's Secret. And I also just like using grapeseed oil and putting a splash of grapefruit essential oil in it just like fresh smells but I'm a big smells person I was really into a Victoria's Secret perfume for a couple years there but it was a muskier one it was not love spell it was like amber amber romance yeah 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 I tried that one I couldn't love it that was my go-to for a while in my 20s um, I want to have a really sexy smelling perfume. Like Ralph Lauren Romance is the la- is the most, like the, the man version of it. It's one of my favorite all-time smells. I can wear that. But like, and that's kind of spicy and sultry and sexy. I also like the women version. But like, I want to wear Chanel or something, but I can't. Well, yeah. you just have to find the right one because there's some Chanel's I, I can't wear at all. They just don't smell nice on me. And so I had to find the right one with them, with Prada, with any brand. YSL is the same. Um, Black Opium is my go-to for them. That's a intense. It's is my that winter. the one that comes in the stiletto heel? Or no. is it the bottle that looks it's like the black purple bottle, and it has like black. the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that one is my winter scent. It's a little darker. Oh, I have winter sense too I have have spring summer winter and fall sense summer is usually like product candy I added Mm -hmm. Chanel Mademoiselle this summer Mm -hmm. um and I also like Mark Jacobs Daisy and Mark Jacobs Love which has a bottle like the top is a giant daisy but there's certain ones like I'm either going to be kind of on the side of sweeter fruitier or like really intense and musky um, apparently my body, my body just absorbs those really intense scents. 
Um, but like usually when it's gardenia or things that are like more floral, Ooh. I can't I can't do the more floral. Like a lot of the no stuff. Rose smells great on you, but... No, I can't. Why is that? I don't think floral does it. Like is I, it, I. Is it the unique like makeup of your skin and the oils in your skin? Is that what it is? I, my, yeah, and your hormones and pheromones and I don't know. So my pheromones must be extra intense. That's why I connect with those those scents. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that um, that was a great adventure all about life. So I think the song is fitting. I think the song is fitting. So, but tell mm -hmm. us, tell us what questions you have that more than likely somebody will probably wonder about before they die. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess this is our episode. It's been fun. And let us, yeah, let us know in the comments. Like, do you use each other's tooth, like in your partnerships, do you use each other's toothbrushes? Share loofahs, do you share wash rubs? That kind of stuff. It's not weird. I don't think it's weird one way or the other. It's just a preference. I, I mean, our goal is to have in our home that we purchase together, our goal is to have either a large enough bathroom that there's separate spaces, right? I just thought of something. <laughs> or what if my husband doesn't know that I've been using his washcloth? Oh, so you've already <laughs> actively been using it? I mean, sometimes. You're gross. <laughs> Okay, really, we need to know your response to that, though. Do oh we need to know their response? Do you share a washcloth with your partner? We need to know. I we would never. We I shouldn't say never, but we just don't. If we would absolutely have to, like, right? We only had one at a hotel for some reason. I don't know. But if we had to, it'd be fine. But I'm just not. I mean, do you know for certain if you never even watch each other go to the bathroom? Here's what I'm going to prove, Kara. You don't actually know for certain where he uses that washcloth. I mean, does it? It's okay. It's not. <laughs> what if there's like, never mind. I'm not even going to go. Uh, don't even go there. <laughs> go there other than I just keep thinking about what comes out of all of our butts. And everybody like has different hygiene standards and different ways of wiping. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, I get it though, because obviously you're intimate with your husband. Like I get, I get the insanity of what I'm saying because yeah. there's that part of obviously you're with this person in the bedroom all the time in very open ways. Yeah. But then there's also the human nature of like, I don't actually know where all you wash yourself with that. I don't know how you wipe. I don't, I mean, although I do, I see me and my partner know how each other wipes because we're not afraid to be in the bathroom at the same time. <laughs> it needs a little more mystery for me. It needs a veil across that. Just leave the veil up. The veil has been lifted. You can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop it um okay, okay. Well, this has been well we better wrap this up should we should we like actually do a thumbnail so I don't have to search back through for images yeah what should we do 
should we what what do you what want to post it what what did we talk about should we both nothing post? you can't people don't know people don't hold stuff in yeah, thumbnails like in, in mukbangs yeah here what if i just go like this no <laughs> just no there's there's I'll plenty create, of good I'll ones one. i'll create one um all righty well it has been real but please give us your feedback weigh in on the gingers question still because we've heard from one ginger and she says we can call her a ginger so maybe she said maybe other gingers feel differently <laughs> all right bye sister bye sister hey listeners thanks for tuning in to this episode of the sunflower society podcast to learn more about Kara and I and Spiritually Strategic Co., our company together, you can visit spirituallystrategic.com. And of course, if you found value in this episode, feel free to pass it along to a friend. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and leave us a review on Apple. All right. We hope that you have a wonderful week.